Welcome to the broadcast. Speak my word is about to begin. Your host is Shannon Davis. And we are living in the time of the end. King Riders. We have ignition. We will be reading tonight from the King James Edition. Jesus told us to preach the gospel, cast out devils and lay hands on the sick. If you are not obeying him, you better act quick. He is coming back and we will all give a report. So obey Jesus so you don't come up short. Well, praise the Lord, everybody, and welcome to Friday. Shabbat Shalom. Today is uh, Friday, December 29th, 2023. Okay, we're going into the weekend before New Year's Day, and of course, uh, Monday, the 1st of 2024, Omega Man Radio officially returns. Now, from the second on, I've got just about every 7 p.m. slot booked. I think I have uh, one left. I'm working on booking 8 and 9 p.m. Eastern also, and then we've got a 10 p.m. slot available too. So we're making great progress uh, booking our guests. And I'm, I've also contacted, let's say, well, maybe a dozen more I'm waiting on responses from. So we'll hear back from people. People are on vacation. And uh, rightfully so. Enjoy any time you can. Praise the Lord with your family. And uh, when I hear back from them, we will get them booked. But uh, schedule's looking strong. And again, we're coming back with a new schedule. We're going back to the evenings. Monday through Friday, 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. That's the plan. And then Wednesdays, we'll be doing some morning shows in America, which will be where I'll stick the international programs. Michael Cummins is on board. He'll be on every Wednesday, 10 a.m. Eastern, which is 3 p.m. in England. I'm waiting to hear back from Brother Elvis and uh, then Brother David Measures. We'll get them both scheduled, hopefully on Wednesdays. If I can get everybody on one day, that'd be good for me. So uh, evenings again, uh, Monday through Friday. Uh, looking to bring back the Demon Hotline Friday nights. That's my goal. Waiting on some confirmations from our guests on their availability. And, of course, uh, Speak My Word is going to continue seven days a week. That's its own independent program. Carried, of course, by Omega Man Radio Network, but um, that's seven days a week. Times will vary. It just depends on my schedule at, at this juncture, but maybe I can put a, a fixed time in there. I hope to do that, make it easier for everybody, including myself. Okay, because I fell asleep, and uh, thank God, he woke me up. I realized, oh, wait a minute, I forgot something. i got to do speak my word today. Well, we've been doing it kind of late around this time anyway. A few times I did it early, but, well, here we are. We're not going to miss a day. That's my goal. Pray for us so we can do these programs every day. We're going to be starting in a new book today. We just finished Ruth yesterday. That was a short book, only four chapters. We're going to be in 1 Samuel today. And then, of course, we're going to continue 
over in the book of Matthew as well. Well, I'm excited about 2024 for more than one reason. And uh, a lot of great things are cooking for 2024. Uh, Show's coming back. We're working on some side projects. And praise God, this is the year to recover all and to put the host of hell to the sword. Do I hear an amen? I also want to thank Brother Mike Kerr out there who is um, rallying the troops. And we've got a lot of uh, fresh speakers coming on to supplement our regular folk. So I'm in booking mode right now. Also, uh, Tommy Hollihan, he sent me a couple people to bring on. And, of course, I appreciate any help uh, anyone can give us uh, to get new guests. So if you've got a special contact out there, relationship, uh, please put them in contact with me. If they're a speaker, I'd like to come on the program. I'd love to have them. Okay. I think that's all I have for special announcements right now. Uh, of course, our website uh, remains fixed at omegamanradio.com. If you ever got a question on what's going on, go there because uh, I will update that and uh, you'll find links for about anything Omega Man related you're interested in there. Okay. Well, let's pray. Father Yehovah, the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Lord, thank you for waking me up. This is the day that you have made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. We plead the blood of Jesus over every one of us out there in our families. There's been some people under the weather. God, we ask that you loose healing right now. Send your word and heal them, my family included. In Jesus Christ's name, we lift up Prophet Scott Lathrop to you and Brother Mel Novak. We plead the blood of Jesus over them, rebuke spirits of death, and we command them to be healed and made whole. In Jesus Christ's name, God, raise them up. We need them. Bless them. Heal them in Jesus' name. We speak to them, be healed and made whole in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Father God, I thank you for all that have come out to these programs. Bless everyone. We invite the Holy Spirit of God to come. Teach us your word, Holy Spirit. God, give us wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Guide and direct our steps going forward. Have your way in our lives, God. Our Father, Yehovah, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine art the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. God bless everyone who has supported this program in 2023. Give them great favor now and in your kingdom come. We plead the blood of Jesus again over all of us. Surround us with your warrior angels in Jesus' name. Also, Satan, we put you on notice that we're attacking you from our position of authority. Seated with the Lord Jesus Christ in the highest of the heavenlies, we bind you. Bind every demonic force out there that's coming against any of us. Bind every demon, every fallen angel, every wicked entity. We bind you and rebuke you in Jesus' name. and command you to take your hands off the people and their family tune again in Jesus name and go to where Jesus sends you we rebuke you in Jesus name and loose the angels of God 
in Jesus Christ's name to put you to the sword. Father God, have the angels chase and pursue the enemy and make the enemy's way slippery. In Jesus Christ's name. What the enemy thought to do to us, God, turn it back on his own head. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We also lift up President Trump tonight, God. Go before him, be his defense. If it's your will for him to be president, God, give him favor. And we also ask that you would uncover the sins of every wicked congressman, Democrat, Republican, every wicked judge, any person in public office, God, that is working witchcraft to manipulate the election. Manipulation is witchcraft. God, expose it. Expose Newsom in California, Pelosi. God, I'm asking in Jesus' name, you let every wicked plan of subterfuge and conspiracy from those that conspired at January 6th to try to pin the blame on Trump. God, reveal these malefactors working over there in the Justice Department, the FBI. God, expose them all. Operation Clean Sweep. Let their chickens come home to roost in the mighty name of Jesus. Uncover what has been covered, God. We lose the spirit of truth to attack the spirit of lies and deception. We ask this, God, in Jesus' name. We lose civil war on the camp of the enemy. Let the enemy turn on its own sword. In Jesus Christ's name. Lord, send the same angel that went before Gideon against the enemies of America, freedom around the world. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. 1 Samuel chapter 1 is where we're going to pick up today. Right after a song. I'll be ready to go. Okay, praise the Lord. Here we go. That was J.D. Sumner and the Stamps Quartet. Famous quartet. You don't see too many quartets today. There's still some out there, though. Okay, 1 Samuel chapter 1. Here we go in Jesus' name. Now, there was a certain man of Ramatham Zophim of Mount Ephraim. And his name was Elkanah the son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuf, an Ephrathite. And he had two wives. The name of the one was Hannah, and the name of the other was Peninnah. And Peninnah had children, but Hannah had no children. And this man went up out of his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice unto Yehovah of hosts in Shiloh. At that time, that is where the Ark of the Covenant was kept. It was up there at a place called Shiloh. And I believe it dwelt 
in a tabernacle made of, you know, like heavy cloth. Uh, it was outside. As of yet, a temple had not been built to house the Ark of the Covenant. It would come later with King Solomon. And if I'm not mistaken, um, you can go up there right now to Shiloh, and they've got a replica out there of what it would have looked like uh, back then. And you can actually go inside and even go in and see a simulated Holy of Holies and the table of showbread and the big bra- uh, the the altar outside where they would do the sacrifices. You can actually see this on YouTube. Really cool. Uh, YouTube channel that goes out to these sites. It's one of the things I love about Israel. Uh, everywhere you walk is history over there. It's an amazing place to visit. I hope to be able to go back there again. So back to the story here. True story. It says he would go up there to sacrifice unto Yahovah of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phineas the priest of Yehovah were there. And when the time was that Elkanah offered, he gave to Peninnah his wife and to all her sons and her daughters portions. But unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah. But Yehovah had shut up her womb. Many cases of infertility uh, could be related to the womb has been closed by Yahovah. Could be a curse has brought it. And I'm not saying always the case, but there's good news tonight. If the womb has been closed, there's also the opportunity to have it reopened. And it could be there's an issue with the woman, it could be with the man. Sometimes a man is the one that has the issue. It could be low sperm count. Other times it's with the woman, infertile, as the doctor would say. But with God, all things are possible. And just as God can close the womb, He can open it. Not to say that's always the case, that God has necessarily closed it. There could be a a defect. And you know what? With that, there is healing available. But I know of two cases where couples could not conceive. They tried and tried and tried. And God opened the womb, and they were made fruitful again. In one case, they had to fast seven days. And again, there can be curses that will close a womb. That is one area to check when there's a situation with infertility. Let's see what the case is with her. But it says, Yahovah had shut up Hannah's womb. And her adversary also provoked her sorely for to make her fret. Because Yahovah had shut up her womb. So she was she was ridiculed, made to feel bad and unworthy. 
by her adversary. I'm assuming this is the other wife. Look, I've got kids. You don't. Must be something wrong with you. Oh, you're not a real woman. You know, she would say all these things to her. Provoke her. She was probably biting her nails. Just in a terrible shape. Felt horrible. Because Yahovah had shut up her womb. And as he did so year by year, when she went up to the house of Yahovah, so she provoked her. Therefore she wept and did not eat. She was hated and scorned by this other individual. Then said Elkanah, her husband to her, Hannah, why weepest thou? Why are you crying? And why eatest thou not? And why is thy heart grieved? Am not I better to thee than ten sons? So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh and after they had drunk. Now Eli the priest sat upon a seat by a post of the temple of Yehovah. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto Yehovah and wept sorely. She vowed a vow. She's going to make a promise to the Lord. Said, O Yehovah of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto Yehovah all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. Wow! What a vow! I made a vow recently. The Lord healed me of what I thought were signs of an impending heart attack. Whether they were or not, I don't know. But I had two of the signs. Had broken out in cold sweats. Had some pressure in my chest region. Could have been indigestion. I just don't know. It could have been signs of an impending heart attack. As I mentioned a few days ago, cried out to the Lord, repented, Lord, I've abused caffeine. Haven't taken care of my body like it needs to be taken care of. This is the last thing I need right now. I'm calling you to heal me and I will make a change. And I will not drink coffee ever again. Now, folks, I was abusing cappuccino. And it may cause you to laugh, but it's not a laughing matter. I could have died from caffeine poisoning. I couldn't just have half a cup or one cup. I need three cups. I could eat. I could drink four. I can drink coffee all day long. My grandfather died of it. That was one of the causes. He would drink six pots a day. Six pots, I'm told. Grandfather Davis died at 58. My father died at 57. I'm 54. My great-grandfather died at 52. 
heart attack or cancer. Case of my father and grandfather, and then um, my great grandfather. He died. He was involved in Freemasonry. Also a minister. They were all ministers. But we had a generational curse that had to be dealt with, and we dealt with that, but still. We can't abuse our bodies, which is the temple of the Holy Spirit. We can't defile them. Word of God says, He who defiles the temple of the Holy Spirit, God, him God will destroy. Enemies tried to take me out. Like one person said to me recently, they said, man, I look at this picture myself of before and after when I was big and fat. And and it motivates me to stay in the gym, he said. And he said to me, it would be a terrible thing to die from food. You ate yourself to death. And I said, God, I want to live and not die. I will give up caffeine as much as I love it. I make a vow to you. I will not put coffee to my lips. And I will not uh, be drinking any uh, caffeinated tea. In fact, I'm done with all that stuff. I'm done with caffeine. Even chocolate doesn't agree with me, but I said to the Lord, I will not drink coffee again. Until Jesus comes, a new Jerusalem. If he wants to drink a coffee at that point, okay, I'm good to go, but I won't drink it until then. I made a vow, and the Lord healed me. I recovered, and I was back in the gym. No problems. I've made two vows in my life. I won't rehash that again, but to make a vow is a serious thing. Think before you do it. Because if you do it, God's going to expect you and I to keep it. Here we are. She's tired of being barren. She cried out to the Lord, said, Lord, if you will do this, I will give this boy to you, and no razor, there shall no razor come upon his head. Wow. She would not cut his hair. Now that's an interesting detail. God also had told Samson's mother that he was not to drink wine and you were to put no razor to his head. That's amazing. It came to pass as she continued praying before Yahovah that Eli marked her mouth. So in other words, Eli was over there looking where he was sitting he saw this lady out there moving her lips he's like what's going on over there now Hannah she spake in her heart only her lips moved but her voice was not heard therefore Eli thought she had been drunken and Eli said unto her how long will you be drunk put away thy wine from thee And Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink. Now these are two classes of drink. Both contain alcohol. Does wine makes a heart merry. 
Grape juice won't do that. When Jesus turned the water into wine, he didn't turn it into Welch's grape juice. Okay, the Bible does talk about alcoholic beverages. But it also has some warnings. And also, if you want to be in an office of the church, like a pastor, you're not to drink. So, also, drunkards will not inherit the kingdom of God. Word to the wise. Don't say, well, I'm just going to sip a glass. Next thing you know, you can be drinking a case of beer or of wine. Be drunk. But this is what the case with her. She said, I've never, I've neither drank wine nor strong drink. But have poured out my soul before Yahovah. Count not thine handmaid for a daughter of Belial. In other words, a, a wicked woman. Going about sons and daughters of Belial doing evil. For out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken hitherto. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace. And the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. There may be times where, you know what? You've got to get serious. And you might have to make a vow with the Lord. Things aren't getting done. Tried and tried, years are going by. You know what? Maybe it's time to mean business with the Lord. Maybe there is something standing in the way of your victory and mine that's going to have to be removed. It's a strong possibility. When I was in a jam in 2003, 20 years ago, all alone in a terrible situation, I cried out to the Lord and I said, God, if you do so and so, I will give this other thing up. God delivered me out of that terrible situation gave me the victory he expected me to keep my end of the bargain I have to you have to if you make a vow you better keep it better not to make a vow than to make a vow and break it because God will hold you accountable there is one there is one uh, exception here again there's a word that says if a woman of a household could be a daughter or the, the wife were to vow a vow and maybe she uh you know, was being a little bit careless in what she had vowed. And the father comes home, and the day that he hears it, he can annul that, and it's annulled as far as God is concerned. But he has to do it in the same day that he's heard it. Otherwise, God will hold that person accountable. Now, some people can make vows foolishly. So be careful. God's not saying to go do a vow, but comes time where you might have to. Here we go. Then day God's looking for us all to sell out to him. Amen. Go all in. Mean business. Eli again answered and said, Go in peace and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast 
asked of him. Would you be willing to make that vow to the Lord if you were barren? Now, we don't have, have all the understanding of why she was barren. It could have been a curse on her. But nonetheless, she meant business with the Lord, said, I can't live like this anymore. And she said, Let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. And they rose up in the early morning and worshipped before Yahovah and returned and came to their house to Ramah. That's where they lived. And Elkanah knew Hannah his wife. In other words, they had relations, sexual relations. Knocked the boots. And Yahovah remembered her. Wherefore it came to pass, when the time was come, about after Hannah had conceived, that she bear a son. God opened up her womb. She's had a baby boy and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked him of Yehovah. That was the significance of that name. Because I have asked him of Yehovah. And the man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer unto Yehovah the yearly sacrifice and his vow. Well, they'd make vows before the Lord there. But Hannah went not up, for she said unto her husband, I will not go up until the child be weaned, and then I will bring him, that he may appear before Yehovah and there abide forever. Now, wow. I tell you what, that's a strong woman. Because she's going to give her son up now. But that's was the agreement. He's going to be in the service of Yehovah. Serve before the Lord as a priest. And Elkanah, her husband, said unto her, Do what seemeth thee good. Tarry until thou have weaned him. Only Yehovah establish his word. So the woman abode and gave her son suck until she weaned him. It's important, children, get that breast milk. Of course, there's colostrum. There's the growth factors. There's all the immune immunoglobulins in that breast milk. I say, let that baby get that nanny as long as he or she will. Baby Jemima is almost weaned. She's two now. But, uh, you know, look, let a baby suckle as long as it wants, as far as I'm concerned. Two or three years, okay by me. There's an old story. It's a, it's, a, it's a myth in the family. It may be true. It may not be, but I think it is. A story of my grandfather, Weber, who went home to be with Jesus at 90, told me. He grew up on the farm in South Georgia. His father was a school teacher, a principal, all in one of a, like a one-room school back then in the country. And uh, 
he um, he was also a farmer. They had land down there in Toombs County, South Georgia. They grew tobacco, uh, corn, various things. And so way down there in the deep south, this story could have been true, but the story was there was a young man who went to school with my great-grandfather, so my granddaddy's father. And uh, he was about 12 years old, and he was still not weaned. And he'd come home from school, and he'd say, Mama, come meet me. And he'd throw his mother over the bed and get that ninny, 12 years old. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what I was told. <laughs> now, that's, that's pushing it. Come on. Two or three years, okay, but not till you're 12. I'm just saying, I guess he didn't like that milk. Okay. Mama, come meet me. And he was taller than his mama. Throw his mother over the bed and get that ninny. Well, thankfully, Samuel didn't go 12 years. And she's going to wean him and then take him to the Lord. And when she had weaned him, she took him up with her with three bullocks and one ephah of flour and a bottle of wine and brought him unto the house of Yehovah in Shiloh and the child was young. When I come across a word that I need refreshing on, the meaning, or get me more detail, just take a break. Let's look it up. Let's look up a bullock. It's a young bull, a castrated bull, or a steer. Okay. Most bullocks are raised for meat production. It's another word for a steer or young bull, once again. Okay. Cattle. She's taken up a a young bull, steer, three actually, and one ephah of flour. What is the unit of measure of that? An ephah is a measure of capacity for dry goods, things like flour and wheat, measuring them out by volume rather than weight. It's thought to be equivalent to around 30 liters or 8 gallons. 8 gallons. Okay. It's a Hebrew unit of dry measure, equal to about a bushel, 35 liters. Actually, uh, drill on down here and get a more accurate definition there. Okay. So that's how you would measure flour, barley, roasted grain. Okay. So she's taking that up for sacrifice. You've got a meat, and you've got a grain sacrifice, and you've got fruit of the vine, in this case a bottle of wine, and brought him unto the house of Yehovah in Shiloh, and the child was young. And they slew a bullock and brought the child to Eli. And she said, O oh my Lord, little L, 
as thy soul liveth. My Lord, I am the woman that stood by thee here, praying unto Yahovah. For this child I prayed, and Yahovah hath given me my petition, which I asked of him. Therefore also I have lent him to Yahovah. As long as he lives, he shall be lent to Yahovah. And he worshipped Yahovah there. Now she would go up every year and see him again. But the Lord had opened her womb. Now would she have more children? Absolutely. God blessed her. She kept her vow. She dedicated her first son to the service of God. And God is going to give her more children. In addition. And Hannah prayed, chapter 2, and said, My heart rejoiceth in Yahovah. My horn is exalted in Yahovah. My mouth is enlarged over mine enemies. Because I rejoice in thy salvation. Now, if you're not used to the word Yahovah, that's understandable. Uh, we have not been taught God's name like we should in the modern churches. It was almost lost, but not really. It was always there, but many have tried to block us from knowing God the Father's name. Of course, it is in the King James Bible in just a few locations, but and then the uh, English translators defaulted back to capital L-O-R-D. So we're all used to the name the Lord. But that's just a placeholder. That's not his name. God has a name. There's three, three that are God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. But the Father, his name is Yehovah. We know because there are now thousands of Hebrew Torah scrolls and uh, in most of the major codexes, Leningrad Codex and Lepo Codex, which are the uh, some of the oldest Hebrew text, in some places the scribes did not swap the name of Yahovah with the placeholder and Lord. Now there's maybe I don't know five, ten thousand. I uh, we to get we're going to get Nehemiah Gord back on and give us an update that they have found with the name of God and of course it's got the Masoretic uh, notes there there's a name for it. it slips my mind at the moment but it, it deals with the accent marks so that you'll know how to spell and how to pronounce the word now people say well there's no vowels in Hebrew well there are but not in the printed form usually because what happens is native Hebrew speakers, they already know how to spell and pronounce a word. And so when they would do their their writing, think of it as a shorthand. I think that's a good way to explain it. But every Hebrew speaker knows how to spell and pronounce. But the Masoretes put together the Masoretic Hebrew text so that over time they could protect both the spelling and and the pronunciation and also that's a a service to you and I the Gentiles who are not Hebrew speakers 
And there's more explanation can be given in history on that, but uh, we've got it. Thousands of Hebrew texts, scrolls of the Bible, that have the correct spelling, pronunciation, for all to see. And rabbis, of course, have had a tradition that every seven years, one rabbi would whisper in the ear to another rabbi when they're both standing in water, kind of a strange ritual. The name of God the Father, Yehovah, so it would not be lost. It was just kept from the masses by people that meant well, but they were in error. God has always wanted us to know his name. He just said, don't use it in vain. Profanity. So, what the Orthodox Jewish people have done is they've kind of put a hedge around the name so you can't very well blaspheme it if you don't know what it is right that's what that was their their line of thinking but that that's not good because there's that's confusion and I've said I've learned here firsthand living in the nation of Indonesia where the Christian church meaning well they're praying to a God that's not the God of the Bible they pray to Allah the God of Islam, who has no son. Every Muslim knows that. I agree with Muslims. Allah has no son. But the God of the Bible, the one true living God, Yahovah, has a son. In fact, Proverbs asks, do you know, speaking of the father, do you know his name and his son's name, if you can tell? Well, many don't know his name, or they guess, and think, oh, it must be Yahweh. Yahweh. No, that's not how it's spelled. Or pronounced. Well, it must be Y-A-H because the shortened version is Y-A-H. They don't understand Hebrew. That's not how Hebrew works. True, the shortened version name Yah is Y-A-H, but not the long form, the complete name of God, Yahovah. And it basically means, I was, I am, I shall be. I am that I am. Names have significance in Hebrew. And so the long form, the full spelling of the name is Y-E-H-O-V-A-H. Now it's true there's no J in Hebrew. But when you transliterate Hebrew into English, we have a J in English, whereas they don't in Hebrew. So in from Hebrew to English, transliterations, Jehovah with a J. Well, that's close. Only difference is one's a J and one's a Y. But the King James got it right a couple times, but then they went back to L-O-R-D. Now, the Catholic Church has had some part in disinformation, and they went with Yahweh for a while, and then they abandoned that. But it's Yehovah. You can prove that. Many rabbis have went on record to admit to it. Okay, the Jews are the keepers of the oracles of God. Paul said it was their job. They were entrusted to maintain the integrity of the word of God. The Old Testament, they have preserved. There's thousands of scrolls that have been preserved that agree. And that's God's name. And it's important. Because I live on a block where most of my neighbors are Hindu. And if you go and ask them, you believe in the Lord? They say, sure. Do you believe in God? Of course. Well, you say, he must be saved. Well, no, not so fast. They believe in 
the Lord and a God, they have many gods, but their Lord may be Buddha, or Vishnu, or Ram, or Hanuman, or Kali. You see, it's not the same Lord, is it? And that's their God. They have many gods. Have a neighbor that does sacrifice to her gods. It's not the same God of the Bible. It's not the same Lord. And God, our God is not Allah. He has no son. The God you're serving does not have a son named Jesus Christ. He's not the God of the Bible. No disrespect meant to people of other faiths, but we're just stating a fact here. We don't worship the same gods or Lord. And if you don't know these factors, you can get confused. The song, My Sweet Lord, by George Harrison, you would think that uh, he was saved and loved Jesus. Till some of the later parts of the song, he, he identifies who his Lord is, Hare Krishna. I'm sorry, George Harrison was not saved when he died. In fact, uh, him like... Uh, Steve Jobs, if I'm not mistaken, there were these monks, if you will, and they're ringing bells as the spirit was leaving their body. Translated, the death bells were being chimed and the death angel came to collect their their souls. They did not know Jesus like they should his personal Lord and Savior in all likelihood. And I think Steve Jobs was raised in a Christian school, if I'm not mistaken. He had some exposure to Christianity. Very interesting, isn't it? Very interesting that this influencer named Andrew Tate, him and his brother, you'll see him on YouTube. He's got a foul mouth, but very intelligent guy. His father was a chess champion. Chess, chess master and they're influencers, and I think they made their fortune through OnlyFans website and some other places. You'll see them flaunting their wealth, but they're also fighting some legal battles, and I hope that they win. I think they're being framed because they're outspoken, and they're anti-New World Order, so I give them that much, but they were raised in, in the church. Yet I think he became a Muslim. We need to pray for his his soul. A lot of people had a Christian influence, but that didn't mean they finished the race right. So as you're going back to the word here, as you're seeing Lord, and it just sounds strange, well, that's okay. It's time to get up to speed. So anytime I come across capital L-O-R-D, I, I just put God's name back in there. We're going to actually put it in printed form. I'm going to take the Cambridge King James Bible, 1769, and very carefully going to be going back in and restoring God's name to its rightful place. Nobody else wants to do it, I'll do it. And there have been some that have made some good attempts. But whereas they fixed that, they altered other texts, which we don't want to be doing that. <clears throat> or they they spelt with a J. I'm putting it in as it is in Hebrew with a Y. Okay, and I'm not changing the other text. We're just restoring God's name. So then I don't have to translate it as I read it. 
And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoiceth in Yahovah, mine horn is exalted in Yahovah, my mouth is enlarged over mine enemies, because I rejoice in my salvation, in thy salvation. There is none holy as Yahovah, for there is none beside thee, neither is there any rock like our God. God is a title for three. They're all God. God the Father, Yahovah, His Son, His only begotten Son, who our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Yeshua HaMashiach. Christ, He's the, the Messiah, the Mashiach, the Son of God, and then the Holy Ghost. They're all God. They're three individuals. Jesus prayed to the Father. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, and He said, I can't go unless I send you another comforter. There's three, but they're all one. Water has three forms, solid, liquid, and gas, but it's all water. Three forms, all water. If somebody explained it to me, I think that's the best explanation I've heard for what God is. It's a title. Yahovah is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty man are broken, and they that stumbled are girded with strength. That they were full, have hired out themselves for bread, and they that were hungry ceased, so that the barren hath borne seven, and she hath, she that hath many children is waxed feeble. Yahovah killeth, and maketh alive. He bringeth down to the grave, and bringeth up. Yahovah maketh poor, and maketh rich. He bringeth low, and lifteth up. He raiseth up the poor out of the dust, and lifteth up the beggar from the dunghill. I've seen some trash hills over here, trash heaps. And there's a place called Trash Mountain in the Philippines, where people live among the, the trash and the dung. Could you imagine? And God lifts up the beggar from the dunghill to set them among princes and to make them inherit the throne of glory. For the pillars of the earth are Yahovah's. And he hath set the world upon them. He will keep the feet of his saints and the wicked shall be silent in darkness. For by strength shall no man prevail. The adversaries of Yahovah shall be broken to pieces out of the heavens shall he thunder upon them Yahovah shall judge the ends of the earth and he shall give strength unto his king and exalt the horn of his anointed folks we can trust the word of God God is not a man that he should lie but he watches over his word to perform it so we need to get in the Bible we need to study it we need to read it we need to know it Remember it. The more you put in, the more the Holy Spirit has to quicken. He'll quicken it. Bring it to your memory when you need it. And then you quote it. Speak it. It's an offensive sword against the enemy. God is wanting us to speak His Word. That's why I'm here tonight to speak His Word. By His order. Get a King James Bible. 
Start reading it. Start speaking it. Get your family members to sit around the couch. Take turns reading the King James. You don't have to be in a rush. Take your time. If you stumble over words, it's all right. We make progress. We study to show ourselves approved. A workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That's what we're trying to do here tonight with the Holy Spirit help. And when you come across terrible news, you say, God help us. The new world is on the move. And you hear fearful reports. Remember what the Word of God says. Proverbs twenty nine twenty five, that delivered me a fear, a few months ago. The fear of man bringeth the snare, but whoso putteth his trust in Yahovah shall be safe. And then I turned off some of the uh, YouTube programs I was watching. I'm really informed, as with as much as I need to know about the new world order. We know their overall plan; they're implementing it. But if you keep dwelling on it, it uh, it can be frightening. And you're not dwelling enough on the word. You've got to have a balance. I'm not saying bury your head in the sand. But are you going to believe this word or not? It says the fear of man bringeth the snare. It means it'll it'll trap you. It'll snare you. It'll catch you. But whoso putteth his trust and Yahovah shall be safe. So if you and I want to be safe, then we need to trust in Yahovah. And I can tell you, I've been following end time news for decades. Decades. Because I've been in the church my whole life. And it's something we've been talking about since my earliest recollection in the 70s. My grandmother was talking about a book in the early 70s as they were pastoring a church in Southside Atlanta. I wasn't maybe 10 years old. Not even that, maybe. Um, Mary Stuart Ralphie, When Your Money Fails, had a picture of a man with a barcode on his head. Mark of the Beast. She was trying to track the movements of the One World Order back then. And that was in the early days when they were forming the a common market before the EU was ever established. Talking about the beast computer in Brussels and 666 might be the UPC code. Well, I don't think the mark of the beast is the UPC code, but I think that was a forerunner. I'm leaning more now towards the QR code. The Chris is uh, QRIS. Look that one up. I'm seeing it pop up everywhere here as a form of payment. It's basically a barcode. Think of it as, uh, you know, Bitcoin and the barcodes. Uh, Bitcoin and the QR codes, excuse me. You scan it with your app and uh, money is taken out of your account, put in their account, wherever you want to buy. Things are going cashless. Well, you know, everything we need to know is in the Word of God. God has already warned us ahead of time. Tell us these things were happening. 
And what's the bottom line here? We can't stop it. It's prophecy. But we don't have to let it stop us either. If we put our trust in Yahovah, we shall be safe. Now God could require you and I to lay our lives down for him. So be it. Are you willing to lay your life down for Christ after he laid his life down for you? And I ask yourself that question. If not, we need to get into some serious prayer. Repent. Now, I don't want to lose my head any more than you do, but if that's what God requires, so be it. And he'll help us to go through it. Uh, I don't think I'd want to spend my last days in prison, but if that's what is necessary for me to do, then so be it. Bottom line is, it says, he that seeks to save his life is going to lose it, but he that will lose his life for my sake shall save it. Are you want to lose your life for Jesus? If you do that, then you're going to gain your eternal life. Now, I don't fear about it. I get concerned, and I say, Lord, help. But we've got to remember, if we trust in the Lord, we shall be safe. God will take care of us. And Knowing what I know personally, having been a watchman, having been raised uh, in a Christian family with both grandfathers, active pastors, and there's a long heritage of people serving the Lord that read the Bible, King James, that believe in the return of the Lord. You know, this has always been in my mind. That the, we were in the last days. Tribulation was coming. Antichrist would rise. And I'm still here. God has kept me through all this. Through anything that we have went through collectively, I'm still here. So are you. God made a way. He can do it again. He will. Until it's his time to return or take us home whichever praise God I survived you survived we'll survive together till the Lord calls us home if we put our faith and trust in the Lord we will be safe now if you don't have Jesus it's a whole other story it says men's hearts will fail them for the fear of things that are coming signs in the heavens calamities earthquakes pestilences wars rumors of wars My goodness, a million ways to be frightened. But we've got to put our faith and trust in God. Just focus on Him. And walk by faith and not by sight. Remember Benjamin Brooke told me 20 years ago. He said there may be a day in the future where we get on a boat and all we got is the clothes on our back. Don't put your faith and trust in the arm of the flesh. Or in what you can provision for yourself. I'm not against preparation, but ultimately you can lose all that, then what do you got? God told me very clearly in his word in 2005, six time frame. When I, when I called on the Lord and he had me open up the King James Bible. King James Bible speak to you because it's God's word in English. It's not leaven, like many of the others. Many of the other modern translations, and King James is a modern translation. 
cannot be trusted. They've been leavened by Horton Westcott. Not the scope of this program, but I can tell you from my own experience, and Al Cuppet would sell this, tell you this if he was here tonight. God gave us a, a Bible in English that we can trust, King James. It'll get you to heaven if you, if you do what it says. Psalm 27, it's, God spoke to me through his word. That's typically how he speaks to me personally, through his word. I have heard the voice of the Lord in a dream. God spoke to me in a dream. I've received prophetic words. But typically he has spoken to me through his word and he spoke to me in Panama and gave me Psalm 20 verse 7. Some trust in chariots and some in horses. But we will remember the name of Yahovah our God. The Lord our God. His name is Yahovah. We will remember the name of Yahovah our God. And put our faith and trust in Him. That's a trust in Yahovah. Not in gold, silver, rice, beans, bullets, a bunker, a president, an individual, your Bitcoin. Trust in Yehovah. In all your ways acknowledge Him. Lean not unto to your lean not unto your own understanding. He shall direct your paths. Paraphrased. Amen. That's what we need. I need this year. You need that. We all need it. Goes on to say, He will keep the feet of his saints. Here's another promise. And the wicked shall be silent in darkness. For by strength shall no man prevail. We can't do it by our own strength, folks. We're not equipped to do it in the arm of the flesh. It's going to be by faith. The adversaries of Yahovah shall be broken to pieces. Out of heaven shall he thunder upon them. Yahovah shall judge the ends of the earth. And all these apostates out there, he's going to throw into the lake of fire if they don't repent. And he shall give strength unto his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. And Elkanah went to Ramah to his house. And the child did minister unto Yahovah before Eli the priest. Now the sons of Eli were sons of Belial. They were wicked, in other words. There are some sons and daughters of Belial out there today. They're wicked. They knew not Yahovah. And the priest's custom with the people was that when any man offered sacrifice, the priest's servant came while the flesh was in seething with a flesh hook of three-tenths in his hand and he struck it into the pan or kettle or cauldron or pot all that the flesh hook brought up the priest took for himself 
So they did in Shiloh unto all the Israelites that came there. Now, that's how God sustained the Levites, the priestly tribe. And if you see someone with the surname Cohen, some would say Cohen, C-O-H-E-N, we've got a Ron Cohen, we've got a Joseph Cohen on this program. We're blessed. In fact, uh, they'll both be back on regularly, January. That is a one of the names of, of the Levites, Kohanim. They are of the priestly order. And of the 12 tribes, the Levites were not given an inheritance of land. Their inheritance was the Lord, Yahovah, serving him in his temple. But of course, they had to sustain themselves, so he, he gave them of the offerings that came to the temple. So much food and so much provision that was offered up, and this is how they ate. And so, as it was, uh, also, before they burnt the fat, the priest-servant came and said to the man that sacrificed, Give flesh to roast for the priest, for he will not have sodden flesh of thee, but raw. And that's a, a good word to look up. Definition of sodden. I think it means cooked. Wait a minute. Sodden flesh. Let's see what that is. Okay, no, actually it means soaked with liquid or moisture, saturated, poorly cooked, wet. So, it says, For he will not have sodden flesh of thee, but raw. And if any man said unto him, Let them not fail to burn the fat presently, and then take as much as thy soul desireth, Well, these sons of Belial, these wicked sons of Eli, the priest, what they would do is they would say, then he would answer him, Nay, no, but thou shalt give it me now. And if not, I will take it by force. <laughs> Wherefore, the sin of the young man was very great before Yahovah, for men abhorred the offering of Yahovah. These two sons were so grievous to these, poor, these people coming up to give offerings before the Lord. They were getting harassed, hassled. The people didn't enjoy it all going up to offer sacrifice to the Lord. They had to deal with these two jackasses. But Samuel ministered before Yahovah, being a child girded with a linen ephod. A linen ephod, it's the vestment for the high priest. A linen apron that would be worn. A ceremonial loincloth. Linen robe used normally by the Levites. Okay. 
ceremonial robe. It was white. I think it had a white cap. Now, goes on to say, he was girded with a linen ephod. Moreover, his mother made him a little coat. He was still a little fellow. And brought it to him from year to year. She came up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. He'd get a new coat every year. And Eli blessed Elkanah and his wife. Said, Yahovah, give thee seed of this woman for the loan which is lent to the Yahovah. And they went unto their own home. And Yahovah visited Hannah so that she conceived and bare three sons and two daughters. Wow! And the child Samuel grew before Yahovah. Now, Eli was very old and heard all that his sons did unto all Israel and how they lay with the women that assembled at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. These guys were into fornication. Maybe adultery too, I just don't know, but at least fornicating. And he said to them, Why do ye such things? For I hear of your evil dealings by all this people. It was getting back to the father. What his sons were doing. Nay, my sons, for it is no good report that I hear. Ye make Yahovah's people to transgress. If one man sin against another, the judge shall judge him. But if a man sin against Yahovah, who shall entreat for him? Notwithstanding, they hearken not unto the voice of their father, because Yahovah would slay them. And the child Samuel grew on and was in favor, both with Yahovah and also with men. And there came a man of God unto Eli and said unto him, Thus saith Yahovah, Did I plainly appear? Did I plainly appear unto the house of thy father when they were in Egypt in Pharaoh's house? And did I choose him out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priest? To offer upon mine altar, to burn incense, to wear an ephod before me? And did I give unto the house of thy father all the offerings? Made by fire of the children of Israel? Wherefore kick ye at my sacrifice and at mine offering, which I have commanded in my habitation, and honorest thy sons above me, to make yourselves fat with the chiefest of all the offerings of Israel, my people? Wherefore Yahovah God of Israel saith, so this man's prophesying, I said indeed that thy house and the house of thy father should walk before me forever. But now Yahovah saith, Be it far from me. For them that honor me I will honor, and they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Behold, the days come that I will cut off thine arm and the arm of thy father's house, and that there shall not be an old man in thine house. 
and thou shalt see an enemy in my habitation and all the wealth which God shall give Israel and there shall not be an old man in thine house forever the man of thine whom I shall not cut off from mine altar shall be to consume thine eyes and to grieve thine heart and all the increase of thine house shall die in the flower of their age and there shall be a sign unto thee that shall come upon thy two sons on Hophni and Phinehas and one day they shall both die of them and I will raise me up a faithful priest that shall do according to that which is in thine heart in mine, excuse me, in mine heart and in my mind and I will build him a sure house and he shall walk before mine anointed forever and it shall come to pass that every one that is left in thine house shall come and crouch to him for a piece of silver and a morsel of bread shall say put me I pray thee into one of the priest offices that I may eat a piece of bread God had just pronounced a curse on Eli and we'll read what happens next uh, next time I'll speak my word why did this happen because Eli did not confront his sons and do something about it until it was too late and ultimately he was responsible for what was going on and he was compromised to a degree that's sad look at what it's going to cost him we're going to go next to um, Matthew 17 I believe it is finish up today Matthew 17 and we'll do that right after this break let's take a uh, song break get a drink of water and uh, We'll be back in just a moment. Let's see here. Here we go. Welcome back to Speak My Word. My name is Shannon Davis. Welcome if you're here for the first time. We're going to finish up with Matthew chapter 17. And after six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John his brother, and bringeth them up into a high mountain apart and was transfigured before them and his face did shine as the sun and his raiment was white as the light and behold there appeared unto them Moses and Elijah talking with him Moses and Elijah now some believe those may be the two prophets that we see at the in the book of Revelation come back and are allowed a few years to walk around they preach and if any man try to harm them fire will come out and consume their enemies and then they're killed they lay on the streets for three days and people are so excited that had 
hated these two prophets for the preaching of the gospel and for rebuking sin and calling people to repentance that they send gifts to one another the antichrist or the beast the false prophet one of those who are going to kill them but then they're raised up caught up into heaven some believe it's Moses and Elijah but I don't think so I think it has to be two individuals that have never died and the only two that I can come across that were never uh, were never told that they died but they were translated caught up alive were none other than Enoch right and Elijah So I don't think it's Moses and Elijah. I think it's Enoch and Elijah because Moses died and God buried him. He was not allowed to enter into the promised land but he was able to see it. Could be wrong. But what's interesting is uh, the, the word of God, doesn't it say it's a point on the man wants to die and then the judgment? Well, if Enoch and Elijah never died, then they have to die too, don't they? That's my thinking. So if they were were killed, then of course, then everybody's died. And uh, they're raised back up. Of course, there'll be some alive and remaining to see Jesus return at the last trump. And if you're in Christ, you're caught up, Right? immediately after the tribulation of those days at the last trump I think prior to the wrath of God pouring out the day of the Lord terrible day who can stand and your physical body will die you'll be transformed so we're all going to die and if you don't know Christ and you happen to survive the tribulation and the wrath of God there will be some still remaining those people still will die everybody dies there's no escaping that. Some will spend their whole life on trying to put that off as long as possible. You know, they're into longevity, no problem with that. But if they don't know Christ, it's all in vain. They're still going to die. Just might be dying looking better than someone else or die later than sooner, which I hope that is the case for all of us. But if you don't know Christ, it's all in vain. Because we're all going to die. There's no escaping that. Even Steve Jobs knew this, and he said that to um, a group of graduating students at a uh, what's it called, a commencement address. And he said, you know, to the effect, "Hey, we're all going to die. There's no escaping that." He died too. But behold, there appeared unto him Moses and Elijah talking with him then answered Peter and said unto Jesus Lord it is good for us to be here thou will let us make here three tabernacles what was a tabernacle it was a tent the tent of the assembly the ark was up over there in the book of Samuel at that time at Shiloh housed in tents 
tent compound. The tent of the, uh, he's saying, if you will, if you allow it, let us make here three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. Ye means everyone. Listen to him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their face and were sorely afraid. And Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise, be not afraid. When they lifted up their eyes, they saw no man save Jesus only. And as they came down from the mountain, Jesus charged them, saying, Tell the vision to no man, till the Son of Man, speaking of himself, be risen again from the dead. Tell the vision to no man. And his disciples asked him, saying, Why then say the scribes that Elijah must come first? And Jesus said unto them, And Jesus answered and said unto them, Elijah truly shall first come, and restore all things. But I say unto you, that Elijah is come already, and they knew him not, but have done unto him whatsoever they enlisted. Likewise shall also the Son of Man suffer of them. Then the disciples understood that he spake unto them of John the Baptist, who had been killed at this time. And when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and sore vexed, for oftentimes he falleth into the fire and often into the water. He's crazy. Out of his mind. There are people with lunatic spirits today need to be set free. And Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil. And he departed out of him. There was a devil in his son that was causing him to be act like a lunatic. It's a devil. The child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, If ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall be removed. Nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit this kind goeth out Excuse me, this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. 
So if it was because of their unbelief, then what happens when you pray and fast? It deals with unbelief, doesn't it? Strengthen your faith. And while they abode in Galilee, Jesus said unto them, The Son of Man shall be betrayed into the hands of men. They shall kill him, and the third day he shall be raised again. And they were exceeding sorry. When they were come to Capernaum, they that received tribute money came to Peter and said, Doth not your master pay tribute? He saith, Yes. And when he was coming to the house, Jesus prevented him, saying, What thinkest thou, Simon? Of whom do the kings of the earth take custom or tribute, of their own children or of strangers? Peter saith unto them, Of strangers. Jesus saith unto him, Then are the children free? Notwithstanding, lest we should offend them, go thou to the sea, cast a hook, and take up the fish that first cometh up. When thou hast opened his mouth, thou shalt find a piece of money. That take and give unto them for me and thee. And it happened just like that. He found a silver or gold coin right there in that fish's mouth. Father Yehovah, we thank you for this opportunity to read your word. Bless the hearers. Write it on the tables of our heart that we may not sin against thee. Thank you, God, for another year. As we're coming to a close, thank you for getting us this far. Thank you, God, for what you have in store for 2024. Open up the right door for each one of us. Shut the wrong doors. Strengthen us for the road and work ahead. We ask God that you direct us all. Bless everyone that came out. We plead the blood of Jesus Christ over all of us and our families. God, give us wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Have your way, not our will, but thy will be done. Forgive us of all our sins. In Jesus' name we pray. Surround us with warrior angels. Amen. I want to thank all of you that tuned in. And uh, praise God. Love you all. Have a great weekend. Of course, I'll see you again tomorrow because my plan is to be here every day. And uh, we'll be on with an official schedule, though, uh, for Omega Man Radio Monday the 1st. I'm going to be back. Now, so far, I've only got one guest for Monday because it's New Year's Day. And and I wasn't expecting much because people are celebrating. But I may still be able to get some more. But we're going to have at least a couple shows there. Uh, but then things are going to start cranking up because I've got all 7 p.m.s just about booked, exception of one or two here. I'm working on 8 and 9 period now and then 10. And uh, it's going to be a great month. we got uh, Mike Kerr coming on, Troy Anderson and Paul Begley. Excited about it. Philip Morris, Frank Marzullo Jr., Hank Groover. All of our regular folk, John Terrell, Gary Stafford, Michael Basham, Joseph Ferrara, Ron Cohen, Tommy Hollihan, Tim Keyes, Lou Young, Demon Hotline, Armanek Takmesian, Joseph Ferrara, I mentioned, uh, 
Deborah Vells oh hang on a minute did I just make a mistake here what is that oh I've got to fix that stand by I'm glad I just called this ah okay I, I put the wrong Joseph in there hang on there we go oh boy praise God just fix that I said hey wait a minute I got Joseph R twice the same like no Joseph Cohen yeah Joseph Cohen pardon me and Joseph R got them both John Gogan uh, hang on a minute. I've got to fix this too. That and that. Okay, I got it. Save it. Okay, good. Deborah Vells and uh, Sabrina Sessions. I mentioned Michael W. Smith and more. I'm waiting on many people to get back with me, and we're going to book them. Folks, love and appreciate you all. God richly bless you. If you want to contact me, my website is omegamanradio.com. If you want to support the ministry, we've got a new GoFundMe there, PayPal, Cash App, Zelle, Mailbox. Appreciate any help you can give. Thank you for getting us this far. We're going to keep going for the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll close with a song. Thank you for tuning in. God bless you.